Welcome to Cowgirl Artists of America's podcast. I'm your host, Megan Wimberly. In today's episode, we talk with Denise Irway of Wildfire Gallery on the Paseo in Oklahoma City. Denise is a passionate supporter of the arts and the Paseo Arts District, and she even currently serves as the Merchant Committee Chairperson for the Paseo Arts District. Full disclosure, I am a represented artist at Wildfire Gallery, but it is precisely my relationship with Denise that made me want to have her on the podcast. I know firsthand that Denise truly cares about the artists she represents and is working hard to build something great for them. Galleries can be very different from one to the next, and while I'd love to tell you that all galleries are lovely to work with, that just isn't the case. There are many fantastic galleries of all sizes that can be an asset to your career and growth, but unfortunately, there are also galleries that don't have it together, aren't a good fit, or worst case scenario, behave unprofessionally or unethically. Today, we're going to get Denise's perspective on working with a gallery. We'll ask her for a little sneak peek behind the scenes to get the perspective of a gallery owner and things to look for to make sure you are finding that right gallery to work with so that you make sure you're building a great partnership because great partnerships with galleries really can be a great asset to your career. So welcome to the podcast, Denise, and thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I, I love what I get to do, and you are one of the reasons. Artists just like you, Megan. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun, and it's so great when you do build those good partnerships with the artists and with the gallery, and that's what we want to help all of our artists ensure we do because there are so many great galleries to work with out there. Thank you. Now, Wildfire, uh, Wildfire isn't really very old. When did you open it? So I opened Wildfire in June of 2021. I had previously had a small gallery inside a friend's coffee shop, but this was my first venture into a full-fledged gallery in an arts district, and it's just been an incredible experience. Yeah, it's a great space, and you know, I I was in that area before and actually in the same space that you're in now before, and I have just loved watching what what you're doing with it. That's been so cool. What was it like moving out of that smaller thing to like this bigger vision you had for owning a gallery? It was a lot of exciting times and it was a lot of work. We did a lot of work before in preparation. I wanted to make sure that we were branded well. So I went ahead and paid a professional person to help brand us. I knew that from my experience working in other forms of marketing and I, I just wanted it to be something special. I did, if I was going to do it, and it's step into this bigger space and here in the arts district, I wanted to do it right. I thought if I'm not going to be able to do it correctly and with everything I have, I might as well not even open. Yeah, that's awesome. You can, that definitely shines through because from the moment y'all open, I mean, I literally remember the first time I went down to the Paseo after being gone and I looked over and I was like, what is this? <laughs> I have to go look at it immediately. And you were closed because um, it was early in the morning. And I was like, I have to come back later today because I want to see what they're doing in there. Well, thank you. I, my husband was a, in the ministry for almost 40 years and I worked side by side with him. My background is musical theater. So we did large scale productions and we did a lot of community outreach. So I'm used to dealing with people and I'm used to working on a large scale. And so when I opened the gallery, I kind of envisioned it as this production that I was putting on. And I was wanting to, you know, build the sets right and have people walk in. And it's almost like they're coming into an experience and not just coming into a place to look at art. That's awesome. I think that's so important, especially in today's the way that digital and real life spaces overlap, you know, creating that thing that's really special, I think is so important for any any space or any business. 
Okay, with uh, Cowgirl Artists of America, CGA, we have artists at all stages of their career. And many artists, you know, beginners and established artists want to work with galleries. But for newer artists, it can be really overwhelming. They might not know even why they should work with a gallery. They just think that's something they should do, things like that. And they might just wonder, is this the right fit for me? Do you have any thoughts about kind of generally what are the benefits of working with a gallery? Why might artists want to do that? Well, for me, I I get artist requests seriously, I multiple artist requests each week. I mean, being here in this arts district and you know, it's just a place that artists go and they're looking to where can I show my work or how do I get started? And I get all the way from you know, people showing me sketches that they've done on their iPhone to artists who already have a career and they're looking for representation. And I think that there's a place for everyone. And I I think that working with a gallery is, is an amazing opportunity because it frees you up as artists to not have to worry about promotion and, you know, and a place to hang your art and helping you find the right buyers and collectors and for your, for your art. And one of the things that I, I tell people is when they come in and they ask, you know, about how do I get my art in this gallery? I try to really help guide them to the best space that I know of for them where they are in their career. And one of the ways to get started with a gallery is to see, do they ever have an open call show? Like sometimes we have theme shows. Are they willing to let you do a small pop-up if they have a special event or a little mm -hmm. festival or, you know, the types like of things like that. For me, everyone in my gallery is currently a, a working artist. And so if someone's coming in and they're just getting started and they have a few things, or maybe they haven't painted in years, they're not really a right fit for us, even if the genre is correct for my gallery. But I need somebody in here that's going to be producing on a regular basis and able to want something sells to replace it, to work with maybe people with commissions or whatever. And so it's not fair to the, an artist who isn't up to that level to bring them into this environment. It could be very intimidating. And it's also not fair to the artists that I have who are already at that level to bring somebody in and hang their art next to them. There's nothing wrong with wherever you are in your stage of your art career. It's not a, it's not a being a snobby thing and you're not good enough or whatever, but there's a place and a time and it's a journey. And I just try to help people when they come in. I, I make, I have a whole list of recommendations of what they should do and organizations here in Oklahoma City, they should join and shows they should try to enter and, and things like that. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, no, that's great because that is something, you know, some artists, especially new artists, it's kind of for them, like, I'm going to ask every single gallery, can I be in here? And that's not really the right approach because it wastes a lot of your time. And every time you approach a gallery that isn't a good fit, it's a waste of their time too. And so knowing, like you said, where you are in your career, knowing if your art fits the vibe of the gallery, you know, if you're a Western artist, you're not going to want to go to a you know, super modernist sort of gallery and vice versa. Like you, if somebody comes into your gallery, which is Western art and there's doesn't match that theme at all, it's just not going to be a good fit. And, and right. it also, you know, to the artists, like it shows a lack of professionalism when you do that. It shows that you haven't really done your work and you're not taking your work and your career seriously because you're not even approaching the right space. And so right. doing that research for sure. Well, I just think it's super important to hear that I'm not saying if you're a beginning artist that you don't have a place that because 
in your career as an artist, there is a place for you. It's just, you need to take those steps. And I always tell the story that this space here, the gallery that was here that you were in previously when in the same space, my husband was in that same gallery, but he came and brought his art. I encouraged him to do that. I said, take your art in there. I think that it might really fit really well. And, and he brought it in. It was early in his career. And that gallery owner said, you know, you should come back like in a year. And, and at first he was like, well, she doesn't want me. She doesn't think I'm good enough. And I said, no, I really think that that was wisdom. And so he actually waited two years and, and he just worked really hard and he joined shows and he joined organizations and he learned all he could and he just volunteered and whenever he could. And then when he came back in a couple of years, you know, he ended up hanging in that, in this gallery space with a different owner. And then shortly after that, she retired and I took over the space and opened my gallery. So it was just like, okay, it all, it was all meant to be. And that was just part of his path. So, so a not now, or no, you don't fit here. Or why don't you try this? It's not a rejection of you as musicians. And as artists, we take that so personal because when you share a painting with someone and you come into an, a gallery and you show a, a gallerist your art and they don't choose it, it feels like it might feel like they're rejecting you because it's so personal. You're sharing this. It's like, this came out of me. I, you know, and I don't want anyone to feel that way. Cause for me, it's not, it's not a rejection of you personally. It's just, a, it's not a fit and it wouldn't do you any good. And it wouldn't do me any good to have you in here at this time. Yeah. That's such wise advice, you know, and we do talk a lot about appreciating the journey and where you are and you really can't skip steps. There's no such thing. And we just did a live, an IG live together, you and I, for my art and, um, right. you know, talking about how that style developed and that my style that I've developed has taken many, many years that I started experimenting with this in 2014. And I can look back on my own career and think like the first time I applied for Women Artists of the West, I had really no business applying. It was a great, you know, experience, but like, I remember getting rejected and thinking like, man, that doesn't feel fair. Why are they rejecting me? You know? And now I look back at that work and I've learned so much more and I've developed so much more skill and technique that I can say, oh, like I understand that. And oftentimes with newer artists, you just don't have that level of experience to fall back on to understand. And so we, we deal with that a lot too, especially like with our signature member, which is really, really hard to get into, you know, and artists feeling rejected, but no, it really is like, keep developing your style because you're not ever going to get there. If you give up, you know, one of the biggest things for artists is to have resilience and to keep going and keep developing because just like with Greg, you know, that he did, he went and did the work and then he came back and it worked out. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. I really appreciate that perspective. You talk about people approaching you with their art. And that's a question artists have all the time is like, how do I even get into a gallery? And and before you answer, I want to let our listeners know that it does vary from gallery to gallery. But for you, what is the way that you prefer people get a hold of you? And what are some things that make somebody look really professional or like, oh, this probably wouldn't be a good fit? Well, for me, I do prefer an email or an Instagram message. And I know that you might think an Instagram message is not very professional, but what happens when I get an Instagram message, it usually allows me, you know, to go directly to their profiles and look at their art. And I can instantly tell, you know, is this going to fit in our gallery or not? And then I have a nice record of our correspondence. So then if they come back and I say, you know, why don't you message me in a year? 
well, it's right there. It's where if you send me an email, which is great and very professional, and I say, contact me about in you know next year or after the first of the year, or what for whatever reason, and then you send me a second email, I may not have a record of our conversation to follow. And I really, I love working with Instagram. I know that, like you said, every gallery is different for where we are. And, and in this point in our, you know, journey as gallery owner, Instagram has been really, really good for us. And that kind of just fits my personality. We're more casual gallery. It's not intimidating to come in here to try to acquire art. It's not intimidating to approach me. Uh, I don't feel like as, you know, an artist, but I love, I love to get an Instagram message so that I can go directly and see your body of work and where you are in your career. And since I promote so much on Instagram and I have such a great engaged following, I prefer that the artists are active on Instagram. That's just for me. So it's because I'm not one of these galleries who doesn't tag the artist. Like if I share a picture of your work, Megan, I mean, I'm tagging your Instagram. I'm talking about who you are with Cowgirl Artists of America because I'm not intimidated by somebody going out and finding you and, and connecting with you. I, I feel like there's enough art lovers to go around. And so I want, I want to be able to promote you. And I feel like when artists have a great Instagram and I can share that with my, with my patrons, they connect with the artist in a way that's totally different than if you just have a website that just fits our art style and our price point. And like, like you said, it's completely different. So for me, an Instagram is really important, but an, an email is great too. In fact, I just got an email that says art submission. And so then usually they have a link to their social. So if you send me an email, I prefer to have a link to your social media account because that's how I promote. I'm very active on social media and it's worked for us so far. Yeah. And how would you feel like, do you think it's a good idea for an artist to just show up with artwork and just come into the gallery? And if not, why not? Well, I'm very fortunate in, the, in where we are that we get a lot of foot traffic and I, and it's not your typical gallery. I mean, there are days that are slow, but I mean, even, you know, it, it's just busy. And so when someone just shows up with their art, I don't feel like I can give them the attention that they deserve. And so I prefer you know, a message on Instagram, an email, a text message. I put my phone number out on everything and say, you know, what would be a good time and just make a casual appointment. I mean, I always say Wednesdays are great because they're typically slow and, and, you know, so they don't have to come in when I'm closed, but if I know that they're coming and, and what kind of body work they're bringing or, or that type of thing, it really helps. Uh, the people who show up, I feel bad because sometimes I can't give them that attention or really look at their art, but you know, if I've got clients in here and they're they're looking at art and they're ready to purchase, I have to give them my attention because my artists count on me to do that. You know, I'm saying I'll represent you. And so I can't really take the time to look at someone's art when I'm trying to help other people connect with the artist I already represent. Yeah. And when you so when you think about like, say, an artist has sent you a message on Instagram or emailed and you've decided, you know, this seems like an artist that might fit maybe you've like viewed their work in person and what is the next step? If you want to bring an artist into the gallery, what can an artist expect? I just asked them if they would like to be a part of our artist family and I share the contract terms. I don't know if you want me to share what those are. 
Yeah, I think maybe some of the, like, can you talk about what are the big points in a contract with a gallery and what are some things, first of all, artists, you always need to read your contracts. We experience this a lot where artists don't read their contracts first thoroughly. They sign something and then they don't know what they signed. That's a really dangerous tightrope to walk. And so can you just kind of talk about like the main points and what artists might want to look for and be aware of? Sure. I mean, for me, the contract is just as important to both parties. I mean, it's not it's not like, well, I need the contract and you don't. We both need it equally. And I think some of the main points, of course, are commission splits. You know, we do pretty typical around here in, in the Oklahoma art scene is a 60-40 split per gallery our size. So the artist gets 60 and, and, and the gallery gets 40. And I would, as an artist, I would ask, well, what are what am I getting for my 40%? You know, what are you going to do for me? And so I would say, well, I've got one of the hottest spots, literally one of the best spots. You would probably agree, Megan, in the arts district. It's fantastic location. And so you get to hang your art in here for free. No artist, you know, hanging fee. And then of course I represent you. I work with designers and decorators and I put together, you know, gallery openings and monthly shows with the first Friday art walk and, represent you on social media, I mean, and et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I ask what you're going to get for the commission. So that's, that's just a general thing that all artists want to know. Like what's the commission split. Another thing is what happens when my art doesn't sell? Like how long are you willing to keep my art? Or, you know, a lot of times when it's a new artist and maybe that I don't know their reputation as well, they haven't had a career that says, you know, this is somebody who's going to draw some people and people are going to love their art. I'll set up a trial and I'll say, let's do 60 days. And that'll give them for us here. It gives them two first Friday art walks, which are really important. And I just watch, I mean, I'm here. If the gallery's open 99% of the time, it's me who's here. And so I see how people respond when I share that artist work with them. And if it's just not getting the energy and the attention, then at the end of the 60 days, I ask them to leave. I also address the fact Find out if they have insurance or not. Is your work going to be insured? Find out, you know, what happens if you want to remove your art? Is there a time limit? We have a 30-day time limit for you. If you're going to come in and remove your entire collection, you need to let me know 30 days in advance. And same with me. Like if I decide you're just not working and I want you to come and, and remove your entire collection, I'll give you a 30-day notice. Now, if you are in town and you're and you in, or you text me or you call me or whatever and you say, I've got this show and I'm running out of time and I need another piece. You know, is there any way I can come get, you know, the little dough to take with me? Uh, it just, I just think it would really complete that collection. I'm going to say, absolutely. That comes from me being an artist's wife because I know what that's like to be on schedules and you think you can get things done and it just doesn't work. So I'm never, you know, that way. Sure, you can take that piece or two or you want to come get some of your prints or whatever. So find out what's that like, you know, can you get your art if you want it? I don't know. Those are probably the main things. Oh, oh, (laughs) exclusivity. (laughs) Yeah. So I've said several times we're in the arts district here in Oklahoma City and I some galleries say you can't show anywhere else in Oklahoma City. I don't do that for us. It has worked for our artists to be in other galleries in Oklahoma City, but you cannot show in another gallery in Paseo. It's just, it's kind of common sense, but you, some people don't know. I mean, and that's the only thing. And then, and we don't have any 
the relationship about like if you're at a show and you sell something and and somebody it's in here in the Oklahoma City. I know that there's some galleries that say even if you're at a festival, we get a commission, you know, because you're our artist. And I'm just not at that place. I mean, it's not my personality and it's not my business style. And I don't know that I would ever do that to an artist. The only thing I have is that if you take on a commission that's directly as a result of somebody coming in, you know, finding your art here, finding your art on social media and then connecting you, then I we do split a, a commission. Yeah, and the exclusivity thing, as you mentioned, can vary so widely from one person to the next. I know there's galleries who say you can't exhibit anywhere in the state, you know, and so you really have to, that's something you really need to pay attention to because it's going to affect your career and you need to make sure that that lines up with your goals. Another thing, and so sometimes artists really like kind of like bulk at a commission, and it can be a lot to feel like you did all this work and now a gallery is going to take 40 or 50% of your price. But like you said, if you're working with a good gallery, they are helping you make connections. They're putting you in this space. They're helping to build your reputation. And, you know, like I've gone to festivals and spent a ton of money up front and not covered my costs. Whereas at a gallery, you aren't covering costs up front. You're only spending money basically if the gallery sells and the galleries should be doing a lot of things so really it should be one of those things that the trade-off is worth it in a good partnership and you were talking about like commission like it's confusing when we say commissions in this term because we're talking about if somebody hires you as an artist to do a commission where you're painting and then there's the term commission for like what you as the gallery are making and I think there's this really important component of galleries working together. And this is one of the reasons that I really love working with you. For me, I really want to try to work with galleries that it feels like a family. There's mutual trust. We're both building each other up because I'm like you, I believe there is enough to go around and I really value collaboration and partnership and sharing. And I think that's why we really vibe so well together. But it's just like in our Instagram live today, whenever you brought up that I'm doing Christmas commissions and I said, yes, and please make sure if you are hearing this because you're Denise's follower, that you make sure to book that through her because the value you're providing me as an artist helping me make that connection is really important. And I want to make sure that you are getting reimbursed for your time and for bringing your followers. And so there's this huge component of, of trust. And that goes both totally both ways because I have yeah. worked with galleries that are not trustworthy and have had really bad experiences and then I know that galleries have worked with artists that aren't trustworthy and you just can't build a solid partnership with someone if there is not a base level of ethics and mutual trust and follow through exactly and I feel the same way you know if someone is watching that Instagram live and they're one of your followers and they commission you I shouldn't get anything from that because I didn't do anything for that. That's you, you know? And so it's, it's very clear. And I will always err, you know, some business people might not agree with me, but I will always err on the side of giving the artist the most. One of the other things I think about working with a good gallery, when I was having that experience, you know, there was a situation where I was having a hard time getting art returned back to me from a gallery and it, I didn't know what to do, you know? And I called you and that's the type of, you know, that's the type of relationship you should have with a gallery owner. It's trust and you know, hey, this person has my back, they're on my side. You'd never want to work with a gallery that you don't feel 
has your back or is on your side. And just the same with a, a gallery owner, I'm sure they don't want to work with an artist who they don't feel is on their no. side or has their back. Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever dealt with a commission question, it was because Dylan Cavan came to me and he said, one of your followers has learned about my art through you. And you've and I'd actually, I knew, I knew who she was, had been talking to her about Dylan's art and she wouldn't have ever found him if it weren't for me. I mean, she was, she came in here and she was interested in ledger art. And he said, she reached out to me and she wants to buy this piece off my website. And I told her that I'll deliver it to you and she can buy it through you. And I, I was like, that meant so much to me. And I said, well, I'll just take 20%. I don't need my four. You know what I mean? <laughs> because that's what I said. I will always err to give the artists the most because I understand how important it is to have good artists and what a blessing it is for me to have the quality of art that I have in my gallery. You guys make me who I am. So, yeah. I mean, I know that people are going to listen to this and be like, you're probably going to have an influx of emails. People oh boy. <laughs> wanting to work with you because they're going to hear just how genuine you are. And just that, that really, that big relationship or good relationship. As far as we were talking about, well, so let's say for artists and galleries, let's give a behind the scenes perspective from a gallery owner's perspective what are some like things that you would see as red flags from an artist that you were either considering working with or had just started working with? Cause you know, sometimes people do things just cause they don't know they shouldn't do them. And so what are some things that you would be like, Ooh, that way our, you know, people listening can avoid those behaviors. <laughs> I mean, I guess I go, I'm an, I'm an emotional person. I go a lot on vibe and energy. And I think I, consider myself a pretty good judge of character so I mean I do go by that feeling that I get you know is are they genuine there's there are some things that are I guess red flags one of them is there's a whole new movement where people take an image and they put it in an app and they posterize it and then they paint off of that I've had I've had some experiences with that do you know what I mean by that that whole thing yeah and and I just I'm like, mm, that's not, that's not the type of art that I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that came out of your soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? tell me your story. Why are you painting that? And I can't, to me, that's, that doesn't belong in a gallery. In my opinion, it doesn't belong in my gallery. Another thing is that if they're really trying to, they find out I'm a Western art gallery and they come in and they say, oh, I'll just paint Western. I don't paint Western now, but I can paint Western for you. Or, I, oh, I love all this Native American art. I could do that too. And I'm like, well, are you Native or have you grown up in that culture? Or are you, is that part of your experience growing up in, you know, your community? Even if you aren't Native, are you, you know, are you, did you grow up around that? Or why do you want to tell that story? Or So those are, I guess, I go a lot on feeling. And so those are a couple of red flags when people are trying to be something they're not. Yeah. Wherever you are in your journey, be who you are. Paint what you want to paint and let your audience find your art. Don't try to match whatever the trend is, you know, so that's a red flag. And then another red flag would be if they come in and they're saying, well, I've sold in this, you know, market at this price and, and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, while that's true, you know, you have to respect that. I can't, I can only take in people at a certain level. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, and at the, when I take in, things at a higher price point, it really does elevate the art if I can bump up other people around them and then begin to take it in. So sometimes if people try to push 
their agenda and say, well, you know, I have to have this much so much. And I'm like, well, then you don't fit here. And then they just keep trying to push it, you know, and I'm, I get, so it comes back to feeling like, are you trying to be pushy? Are you trying to be authentic? Like I will have, we, we have had Megan, you and I've had authentic conversations about price point and what this market can support and what we can't support. And I think it's a really important thing to be able to have when some, when I bring up that conversation about price, a new artist will come in. I had one inexperienced and, and I was going to give him a, a chance to put in something for just one show on a first Friday. And I told him what I thought his piece, how we should price his piece and, and how I would, you know, show it in the gallery. And he was like, well, that doesn't represent what I see here. You're selling things at a higher price point. And I'm, and I start going in, well, this person <laughs> has been published here and won this award and they've been shown here and they, you know, I mean, it, it all goes into, and I know pricing is such a, and we're getting into pricing and you asked about red <laughs> flags, but I guess, I guess it's a red flag if people don't understand the conversation and aren't willing to have a general genuine conversation about pricing. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, this is, it is a good topic because I've had, I have had an experience with a gallery too, where I was selling a lot really fast. I mean, it was flying off the shelves. It was obviously time to raise my prices and the gallery owner argued with me about it. And like, even whenever I was like, no, like, this is what I'm going to do. She just kind of shrugged me off and was like, you know, well, we'll talk about it next time. Well, that shows that that gallery owner for one, doesn't understand when it is time to raise prices. Right. And then also doesn't respect me as a business owner that she's not even willing to have that conversation. And like I said, you and I have had those conversations because as an artist, you do have to be aware of the specific setting and what that market can hold. And if your art will fit, what sizes maybe, you know, and you have to, as a business owner, which if you're a working artist, you are, you have to be thoughtful and you have to be willing to think about that. Now you shouldn't price your work lower at some places than others because that under right. your collectors. So it is a, a balancing act, but I think from both sides, like as a gallery owner, somebody who's new or coming in wanting to charge the prices of artists who have been in, you know, a museum and who have won awards and they're just getting started. Like that's obviously based in the understanding of how artists builds their career. And alternatively, an artist who is taking their career seriously and has a gallery owner who is unwilling to let them grow like they should, that might no right. longer be a good fit for that artist. Exactly. And so what you have done recently, what we're going to do when you're going to be our featured artist next month is you've created this series of studies. And so we're going to be able to offer one of your original paintings in the study at a lower price point. It's a different product from the same artist. And that's fantastic because that. I see people come in here and ooh and awe over your work and want to buy it. And I genuinely know that they just can't afford it right now. Mm -hmm. And I do offer layaway, which is different than some galleries, <laughs> but I, do, I offer layaway and I, you know, cause I really want to help someone get a piece of art if they connect with it, but it's so exciting that I'm going to be able to offer those people because you're willing to create a different product at a different price point for them. And that respects your collectors. And that respects, you know, everybody who comes in here and buys one of your originals at what it's worth. And then the people who come in and they can afford to get, you know, one of your studies. So, yeah, we need to have, I feel like it's opening up a whole conversation because, yeah, pricing and considering and diversifying what you offer and stuff is like a whole 
a whole thing. But yeah, as you can hear from our conversation, it takes a lot of thoughtfulness. And like, it's very important to me to have a presence in Oklahoma as a native Oklahoman. And like, I live here again, and I just love the Paseo Art District. But probably my bigger pieces at this point, not that it couldn't change, the bigger pieces probably aren't the right fit for the gallery right now. They might later on, but you and I as a partner, as partners are going to talk about that and we're going to keep an eye on it and we're going to make smart decisions together. And I trust that you have my best interest and vice versa. So, you know, you do have to, you have to be thoughtful about that all the way around. Well, there's just so much stuff to talk about when you talk about what goes into the relationship between an artist and a gallerist. I mean, if you really want to have a successful relationship, it takes work on both sides. I don't think the people who bring their art in and just leave it and don't want to have a conversation with me, they're not as successful. And it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with me not promoting them or wanting to sell their art but it's just an energy that comes with it and and when you're successful I'm successful Mm -hmm. and when I'm successful you know we we just build on each other so usually those are the people who aren't really working to promote themselves anyway they're just it's like it's kind of like dropping your kid off at school and expecting the school to teach them everything they need to learn no yeah you can't just drop your art off and just expect everything wonderful to happen because it's here it's a partnership Right. For sure. Yeah. Just like kind of briefly, do you have any advice for an artist putting together a portfolio to show a gallery? Would you recommend that they just bring physical, digital, anything and everything? Like how would you advise an artist about that? Well, first of all, don't stand at a gallerist desk and flip through your phone trying to find your pictures. If all you have are pictures on your phone, that's okay, but have them in a folder, easily accessible <laughs> to just pull up and show. That's that's probably my biggest pet peeve is when someone goes, oh, I've got some art to show you. And then they start flipping, oh, I can't ever find this. And they'll sit down at the chair across from my desk, which is fine. But I'm just like, you guys, you're trying to show me your art. So digital is fine. But when it comes down to you know, choosing if I really, what pieces I want, I, I want to see them in person. I mean, until build a relationship with the artist and I can trust because like your color, Megan, you're one of the people that it's hard to, to really get a good read on your color. I mean, light and sunlight and the blue, you know, it affects color so much and it's hard to tell. So I prefer them to make an appointment if we've connected digitally, which is great, then I can see and get a feel for their portfolio. And then I want them to bring in three to four pieces. I don't want eight. I don't want 12. I don't want two, at least three. And I want there to be a cohesive feeling about the pieces they bring. I've, I've had some people come in and it's like a large watercolor, you know, landscape. And then there's like a really bold pop art bison, you know, on a board. And then there's a portrait that's charcoal and, you know, and I'm going, who is this person and which art am I supposed to be looking at? I don't even, so make it go, make it a cohesive, you know, presentation of who you are as an artist right now and what you want, what, what will I get? What kind of art am I going to be getting when I, you know, sign you? Yeah. And I think I'm going to say something and I'm going to tell some of you artists that you're going to bristle at this because I know that many artists bristle at this when they're newer artists, but typically when we see an artist who does something like that, they're trying to be like master of all, what is that phrase? Uh, Jack of all, master of none type of thing. But what it really shows is that you have not 
gotten to the point in your journey where you have your own artistic voice. And especially with a gallery like yours, that's what you want to see because the artistic voice is important. It shows you've developed your own style. You are doing something that's unique to you. Whenever you present all these different things, it's kind of like you're trying to prove, look, I can do everything. But really, most successful artists are not artists. Now, I say successful, you know, successful in the terms of like moving up into like galleries and high end shows and galleries, things like that. Most of those artists, they don't show that they can do everything. They surely can, you know, do a lot more than they show, but they have defined their direction and they've worked to become a master in that direction and not just to be able to do anything. Like at some point I started, people would ask, can you do this? And I say, I actually... I can't, that's not my, I could make myself do it, but that's not my vision. That's not who I am as an artist. And I'll recommend a different artist. But if you're at the point where you're just taking anything and everything, that might be a sign that you're still developing your style and you don't have that presence as a unique artist yet you're developing. But again, it takes time. You have to, you can't take shortcuts. You just have to keep doing it. Exactly. And and there's nothing wrong with being at that point on your journey, but you're probably not ready to present to a gallery unless you're willing to say, this is my style. I mean, I always talk to artists. I say, when you think about who you love as an artist, isn't it because you recognize their style? You walk in somewhere and you go, oh, you know, that's a Frank Tinney Johnson or that's, you know what I mean? You, you do those kinds of things because that's what you're drawn to. Whenever people bring in a, a wide variety of styles, it's it's confusing and a little bit frustrating to me as a gallerist because I don't feel like I get a chance to know who they really are as an artist. Yeah, for sure. I remember where we were at before is we talked about red flags for looking for artists and then red flags for galleries because that's important for artists too because there's fantastic galleries like yours and then there's other galleries that maybe are not don't have the artist's best interest at heart, or maybe they're new and they don't know what they're doing or whatever, you know, both sides there can be good and the bad. I will say firsthand, one of the biggest things for me, if I would never work with a gallery that did not have a contract, because like you said, a contract protects you and it protects me. It lets everybody know what the expectation is. And so if, if you're looking at being in a gallery and they do not, have, I don't care if you just started drawing yesterday, you don't get in with a gallery that doesn't have a contract. What would be other red flags that you would look out for? As from an artist point of view? Yeah, like, or just as a gallery owner knowing like, oh, these are things I have to have in place to be legit and to take care of my artists or you know, you talked about vibes and personality, you know, just anything that if you were going to advise, an, if an artist came to you and said, the gallery is doing this in your head, you'd be like, hmm, that might not be a good fit. Well, I think I've heard horror stories from artists that are in, in my gallery now and that they say they go in and their art is, you know, been stuck in a back room for six months and, and they never knew that. Now, while I understand rotating art, which I do on a regular basis, I move art around I just don't think that a, an artist should ever go you know if you're trusting that gallery to represent you your art should be represented somewhere in the gallery at all times now there might be a, a time if I have a special show like I do right now and I don't have room to put out everything of everyone I have I do that on purpose I keep some stuff because if something sells then I can move it out but I'm always aware of what I have and so I think I would I would want to visit a gallery and, and watch them on social media and their website and, 
and maybe talk to if you have access to some artists who are in that gallery because how were they treated and was their art you know presented on a regular basis and that that would be a red flag to me is if you walked in and you couldn't see your art anywhere <laughs> and you're like okay you know that type of thing I don't know I mean I've heard of people like your galleries taking their art and putting it in a show or somewhere or using it you know in an in an open house for a decorator what, without permission. I mean, th that all comes back to the contract. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think that's probably the most important thing. And do you see that? I, I mean, I would look and see how the gallery promotes their artist. If you don't see a gallery working and they just say, well, you know, your art's hanging in here, that's my job's over. I, I just don't think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more to it these days, for sure. The other big thing I would say, and again, it does go back to the contract, but I would say a gallery that is not paying you on time, you know, like if, because the contract should say you get paid at this point. And if they don't, and everybody, sometimes, you know, things happen and maybe whatever, you know, every time everybody has an opportunity to make a mistake, you know, and if somebody sure. legitimately, like it was just, whatever, maybe they didn't tell you in time or whatever, you know, having that conversation and seeing how the gallery owner responds to it, but they should be paying you like within it's typically 30 days for payment and for return of work. And if they're not doing that, and you're constantly having to message them, those are red flags. And I, I have had the experience, you know, it's been fairly recently, which is probably why it's on my mind. But also because having Cowgirl Arts of America, I want to help artists to not make mistakes that I've made or whatever. And I ignored a whole lot of red flags with a gallery and it turned out to almost be pretty detrimental. And I learned a lot. Now I made that choice. I did make that conscious decision, but that was one of the big red flags at first was that my, I sold a painting and they told me, and I mean, I think it was 60 days before I got paid and I was oh. expecting that money to come in and they kept telling me, oh, it's going to come in. I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm doing it tomorrow, whatever. And it was just stuff like that all the time. And in hindsight, like, I don't know that I would have changed anything. I think it was a worthwhile endeavor for me, but I did that very consciously knowing like, I want to be in this area for right now, but this could be a bad fit. And I would not do that again. Like, you know, I've done it. <laughs> I did it there because I was already in that. I already had stuff there, but there was just so many red flags. And I would say, yeah, paying on time and then communication like a, a gallerist who is not communicating with you is a big big red flag they should communicate with you quickly and professionally and so that those are things and I and and like you said asking artists like I'm not going to go and like spread rumors or like bad mouth like I'm not saying the name of the gallery obviously but if an sure. artist came to me and they were like hey I know you used to be in this gallery like would you recommend it one-on-one -on -one with that person, I would tell them no, like I would not recommend it. I think, you know, this was my experience, but as an artist, you also have to be professional and it's not about going around like, you know, bad mouthing people. You have to have professional behavior, but also you can be honest when somebody, you know, has that experience and, and usually artists do, you know, look out for each <laughs> other in that way. If they've had a bad experience, they'll, they'll share what it is. But um, yeah. and obviously if you do that, you know, do it professionally and and be honest and truthful about everything. Sure. So Denise, what do you see as the future of wildfire, like your vision for where you're going with wildfire? And do you have any parting words of wisdom for artists? 
Well, personally, my vision for Wildfire is to expand into a couple of other markets. I would like to, I have my eye on a couple of places I keep checking for buildings. I would love to take this concept of contemporary Western art to other places. So that's that's kind of my dream and to, and to be able to represent more artists than I can. My space is limited. While it's a fantastic space, it's not very big. And I hang, you know, in a salon style and I would love to be able to have some different spaces to do more events, like host a Cowgirl Artist of America show. I mean, that would be like a dream to be able to move into that realm of the art world, to be able to host shows and and really represent artists in that way. I think that my closing words of encouragement would be is wherever you are in your art journey to just keep going. Don't let a no or a negative comment or a turn down of getting into an art show or whatever stop you. Because if you're a creative and you have that inside of you, it's my belief system says it's been put in there on purpose, you know, and it's something that you must share. And wherever you are, just keep sharing, keep creating. And when you do that, your authentic self will come through in your art and your people will find your art, you know, just keep putting it out there. Don't, don't shape shift yourself to fit whatever the trend is or whatever it is that you think will sell, create what's inside of you and let the art find the people who want it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That's such good advice. Yeah, thank you for being on the podcast today and sharing all your your thoughts and your wisdom. Well, thank you for having me. I think Cowgirl Artists of America is an incredible organization and I'm I'm just so thrilled to be able to be a part of it in any way. Awesome. Well, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode of the Cowgirl Artists of America podcast with Denise Irway from Wildfire Gallery on the Paseo. She shared so much great advice and I think her parting words We're so powerful. So I just want to reiterate those as we close that wherever you are on your journey, it's a great place to be. So embrace it and keep going.